1: Green Bay Packer fans, the phone lines will be open for you throughout the show. 888-463-6748. David Olson. all other calls go to the back of the line. Anybody calling in from the Wisconsin area or if they claim to be a Packer fan, put them right to the front of the line. Seattle, on the last second play, controversial knocks off the Green Bay Packers. It's residue Tuesday here on the two guys at a Mike show with the big dog and a coach right up until 11 o'clock. We'll talk some college football as well little sports guys talk. Politics will jump off the sports page, sneak in a little Emmy nominations talk, or uh, Emmy award winners as well. Dog and a coach, a little bit of music, and then we'll kick off, again, Milwaukee. Green Bay, Wisconsin callers, to the front of the line, please. Thank you very much, David, also the man of tremendous objectivity. We will get his opinion for sure on the controversial play. Let me welcome in my good partner, the big dog, Joel Rodwanski, and big dog, the quote, much ado about nothing. And when I say nothing, I realize it was a critical play, but I watched the replay. Much ado about nothing would be the quote I would use. I think the Packer fans are way overreacting, and the NFL replacement referee bashers are overreacting. How are you, my friend?
0: Uh, what's up, Coach? Uh, you know, I was able to I was able to watch the game on my phone last night. Thank God for Verizon Wireless. Uh, I was going to tell this straight up right now. Golden Tate should have been called for pass interference because he pushed the guy in front of him. That they missed that call. But for everybody complaining that there was an interception on the play, you don't know the the NFL rule book. There's something called simultaneous possession, mm-hmm. and when both players have it, it is automatically awarded to the offensive player.
1: Well, two questions for you. Two questions, and I agree with you, by the way, in that. Two questions. One, and I think I had this confirmed from uh, Senor Objectivity, producer David Olson. If, if a person clearly has it up in the air, but then they come down with it simultaneously, the up-in-the-air possession does not count,
0: correct? No, it doesn't. And don't forget that by the time that uh, uh Jenkins was hit the ground, that's, Tate had control with it. Also, that's
1: that's my point. Jenkins okay, Jenkins
0: had it in the air for what in slow motion about a okay a split second before Golden Tate did. So
1: you okay. answered you answered question number one up in the sure. air, clear possession does not count. Now question number two, and here's where it gets a little dicey. If you come down to the ground, we all know the simultaneous rule is do percentages. Involved because let's say and this was the case the Seattle uh, the Packer the Seattle I'm sorry the Packer guy had 80 percent of the ball and the Seattle player had his hands on but I would rate it 20 percent is there any variation for well you know,
0: if you if you want to think about it here's I, I have no idea because when the but when that's the referee the key question. came on, when the referee came on ESPN and answered this question for all of America already he said that it had to be equal possession. Equal, equal. No, but but, but
1: that's, that's an issue, but
0: coach. You you weren't you weren't right there looking at it because you got to think. Oh Golden, yes, I was. Hold on a second, coach. Uh, Golden Tate's hands were on the inside of the football.
1: Uh,
0: okay. So I, as much as it looked like Jenkins had it closer to his body, and he did, Tate technically had well. was behind the ball. Yeah.
1: The operative word there,
0: technically. <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, no, uh, the, the truth of the if you're going to try to determine whether or not, uh, like who had what per percentage of the ball? Yes,
1: that's you what have I'm going to gonna...
0: give a little credibility to the fact that Golden Tate had his hands on it like a receiver oh. normally would have and was behind the ball, and Jenkins was surrounding it like you don't normally catch I, the ball. I it's give right, Golden Tate his chest doesn't mean he had better control of the football. Yeah,
1: Well, I don't know if I agree with that. I'll give Golden Tate, like you said, I'll give him a, a full respect for every effort to get his hands on the ball and gain as much possession, but now you're bringing a different twist into it. If, in fact, the rule says equal or relatively equal possession, then I think the replay guy blew the call because it was not equal. Green Bay player had, had significantly more possession of the ball. So if if that's the rule, then I think well, they blew it.
0: If, if, if Golden Tate has the, his hands around the ball and yeah. the Packer receiver has his arms around – Golden Tate's hands and the football. Well, technically, Golden Tate has more control of the football than Jenkins does.
1: Nah. Nah.
0: Yes. Nah. Yes. Nah. Exactly.
1: Nah. If he caught you the can, ball and Golden Tate's hands, you can, you can you can trick all the terminology you want, big dog. The eyes do not lie, and when they come down to the ground, Packer guys got it eighty percent. Seattle guys got it twenty percent.
0: Only because you're assuming that the ball is to his chest. You don't. You're not thinking the fact that Golden Tate has his hands inside of that guy's arms. Yeah,
1: just his hands though. I mean, you know, he's, he's like, he's sneaking in and reaching in and, and digging a little deeper as it goes. But the, but the Seattle player clear, or the Green Bay player clearly had it wrapped up more. So again, technically the hands are sneaking in there, but one guy's got the arms wrapped next to his chest. The other guy's sneaking the hands in there. I call that 80 to 20. If it's simultaneous, if it's simultaneous, then the referee's got the, got the call correct. If the is, term is, is equal the possession, then they blew the call.
0: So that's this what, is going to be one of the most annoying shows we've ever done.
1: That's what I, it comes down you, to. And by the way, I will vehemently disagree, vehemently, with both you and David Olsen, that there was pass interference. That's a jump ball. And, you know, by letter of the law.
0: You are on. You are hold on. I'm, 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 I can't do the show anymore. Well, fine. If you can't. If you, you can not someone can't, in the back. His oh come on,
1: Joel! It's a jump ball at the end he of the game. Put Sammy Shields in the back. He, he, he was a little bit of a push. He didn't. He ground. didn't grab him and throw him down. He puts a jump ball at the end of the game. He Anything
0: goes. goes. He pushed the guy to the oh, ground. Please. He did, did. He push him to the ground or not? Did he? Yes or no? Did he? Push I him thought to the, the guy
1: over. He, the, he, the only reason he went to the ground is because he was jumping up in the air. Oh, it was God. not. Uh, first it of was,
0: all, first of all, I just want to let you know you're wrong about the simultaneous possession, and you're uh, well, completely wrong about. You push it out of the ground as pass interference. Enough no, said. No,
1: not I, enough said. Not nearly I, I enough said. I
0: can't do the show with you. i can got go. I, I, I cannot <laughs> do the show with 60 minutes. I'm not being, being totally All right. serious. Here, being, I, I want you to –
1: hold on. Don't hang up. On, there's another guy on the phone who wants to talk to you, okay? You okay, Big Dog? Uh, uh,
0: if you don't think that Samus Shields got pass interfered with no, by Golden State, then you should not be referring any football game ever the rest of your life. Well, okay? I
1: think I, I completely disagree with you, and I think uh, anybody who would make that call – in that situation, anybody would make that call should not be officiated.
0: Hold on, okay. I'll let everybody know when you play against John Cole. When the game is on the line, you can do whatever. No, you no, want I, the you said I that. I didn't. Push your man to the ground.
1: You said that. I
0: didn't. That's that is, not what I said. You're me. When, nope. the, when, when you do pass interference, there should be, the, uh, John Gruden said it earlier, there should be no question, there should be eye-popping off the screen, that's pass interference. Yes. Well, when you push someone to the ground who's yeah. waiting for the ball, that is pass interference.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with John Gruden. He said it perfectly. It should be eye-popping, and it should be clear. Okay, well, that was know, not eye-popping. And that Oh, ground? come on, big dog. He didn't even extend his arms. He barely tapped the guy, and the guy fell over. That's oh, a that's jump so ball. BS. Anything is, goes. I completely so all right, let me, let me welcome in uh, Wisconsin, John. I knew he'd be calling in. Packer fan, John, I started off the show disagreeing, but now that the big dog said that the rule is equal, equal possession, now if technically it's equal possession, I'm saying the Packers got robbed. Big John from Wisconsin checking in. John, how are you?
0: This is the biggest travesty in history. Of the NFL, oh, stop no, it, it isn't. Stop it, No, it, it isn't. In 1989, the Packers got a gimme win against the Bears when Don Mikowski was nine yards down the field. No, the ball. come on, That's Big the Dog! travesty in the history. That of was a
1: horrible call when they called Mikowski for being two inches over the line.
0: No, no, when they didn't call him for being over the line when he was by when they showed the replay by like two yards. That is the worst travesty in the history of the NFL. No, I completely disagree.
1: As a Bear fan, I was—you and me are not going to get along today, Doug. As a Bear fan, I was embarrassed that the Bear fans were complaining about that. It was oh, right yeah, yeah, near just, the yeah, line. Just, on the proven right
0: when it was proven right that Mikowski was over the line. Oh yeah, by, the Bear fan was upset.
1: Yeah, by a millimeter.
0: Please, Guys, no, I want no, to go back I want to go back to six plays before that hail mary, where there was an offensive clearly an offensive pass interference that was called on the defense. Of all things, the offensive player was clearly holding an arm bar on the defensive player that was going for the ball. If that, wasn't called, again, by if the that way, was called accordingly as an offensive pass interference, we would not be talking about the Hail Mary play.
1: I did, didn't see that. Can't comment
0: on it. I'll oh, trust Oh, was you. horrible. Oh, my God. Okay. It was It was it was Sammy Shields again. Got pushed in the back again, but of course, uh, Big John, that wouldn't be pass interference to coach because it was only a guy. He barely pushed him when he went to the ground.
1: Different situation. Don't
0: don't worry, you didn't miss anything. Different situation. Don't to the ground waiting for the football. state your
1: own. State your own opinion. Don't put words in my mouth. Different situation.
0: Now, one thing, different situation? if you didn't call that a last night. And the fact is, on a hail mary of the last play of the game. Very rarely will you see a penalty Thank flag you. fly in that situation. Thank However, you. I agree with Big Dog. That was a flagrant pass interference on the offense. Okay, to say one, was, coach. Whether he was pushed a little bit or whether he was <laughs> body slammed, a pass interference is a pass interference, coach.
1: No, and that's I where I disagree Aaron,
0: with you. you know, no, you no, know it is.
1: No, I disagree with that comment that Big John made. Pass interference is a pass interference. No, I disagree with it. it. I think there's times when you make the call and times when you don't. Coach, Coach,
0: if you fight and knock somebody around going for the jump out, that's okay. When you take both of your hands, fling them into the top of someone's shoulders and literally push them to the ground, that is pass interference.
1: I would disagree with your description of flings. His arms so, up. All I
0: know is this. The professional football player went down headfirst onto the ground. He doesn't just fall down for the sake of it. Oh, I'm going to act here when I'm in perfect mm-hmm. position to catch the football. I wouldn't have called so it. So the Packers now, got completely jobbed yesterday. Completely jobbed. All right, now, is, again, I want to address the simultaneously yes. rule that they're putting out yes. there. Okay. If you look at the replay, even in real time, you look at the replay, it was clear that Jennings had the ball in his chest, coming down over everybody, and all that receiver had was one arm under into his chest. No, had, nobody had both hands no around the catch. ball. You can't say he did not have both hands around the ball. Big John, he, he did, did not. not. One hand was, on was hand was on the inside, and the other hand was on the Packers' chest. He did not have both hands on the ball at yes,
1: all. He, at he did any have both time hands on the ball. after. Yeah, I agree with. Big John, I agree with the big dog. He did have both hands on the ball when they came to the ground. My issue is it was 85% possession Packer, 15% Seattle. Is it simultaneous? I I think he did have his hands on But is there a degree? Does it have to be equal or just simultaneous?
0: Well, here's the thing. The, The rule states both have to have possession simultaneously at the catch, not when they come down at the catch. Oh, that's different. That means di- if both of them are in the air, they both oh, have the a possession of that ball in the well, air. Well, it's not technically. Big John is technically not a catch until Jenkins comes to the ground then. But in other words, so Big it's not Dog... until they come to the ground.
1: Well, what John is it's saying a is... A when, it-
0: when It's not a catch when they're in the air and it's hit his hand. And he's but not even, landing, even, he the the dog, even the rule of states, Big Dog, even the rule of states, if it comes to a catch on both simultaneously when they hit the ground, it is not, it, it's not a simultaneously catch. Now, the thing is about the replay that I read this morning is the fact they cannot rule it an interception off of a replay. What they could have done though is they could have stated the receiver on the offense was not a catch because in all reality, he did not catch the ball. You cannot call it an interference. You cannot call the catch by the offense. We do know this. The NFL, no, this has not been admitted, but it took like three minutes. They were on the <laughs> phone. Someone from the NFL office called them and said it was a simultaneous catch. you got to give the touchdown to Seattle. Mm-hmm. I will I will bet my whole entire life on that. Somebody from the NFL called them all
1: right, all right, and right. watched the replay.
0: That it was not like the NFL. Replacement officials deciding who won the game. I would agree with
1: that. And, and big dog and John, one of the things is I was I didn't watch it live, but you know this morning on the internet watching the highlights, listening to all the talk, people just ripping the replacement refs, saying the game was completely robbed. And I I disagree with that. It's it was number one that would have been a tough call for the regular refs, and B it was a it was a tough call as so we're the, talking the about here. Could
0: have called pass interference on Golden Tate. I don't know about that. Coach, I, I understand that in the games on the line, you let a little bit go away. You can't yep. let someone push someone to the ground well, get away. We, if you elbow bump them, you shoulder bump them, you right. hip check them, get in a position. When you push someone to the ground from behind, right. it is past interference. We disagree on and, that and, one. Quite frankly, the amount of calls that went against the Packers last night, you know, they always say, I always over the 12th phase. You know, well, the people that scream, they make a difference. They did last night. Those officials were intimidated last night. Every call went against the Packers. Every call went against the Packers. Wow, <laughs> the I was just was saw. Like, was I mean, like, could the Bears can play their home games in Seattle from now on against the Packers? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I mean, it seems like the last two games that the Seattle Seahawks have been involved in, I mean, they got an extra timeout in one of those games that you know at home that could uh-huh. never been an extra timeout. These officials, I'm not just talking about Packers, guys. I am talking about since week one, these officiating crews have been atrocious. They have really brought the product (laughs) of the professional football league down, and they really need to go right back to the lingerie league and go play with the girls like they have been because they're not men enough to officiate the big boys.
1: By the way, 888-463-6748, the phone number. Any, uh, fans out there you want to check in, we'd love to hear from you. 888-463-6748. Replacement refs taking a beating, but big dog, the, uh, you know, they did go to the replay. As you yeah, said, and, yeah, yeah. you know, so, you know, that kind of takes it a little bit out of the replacement refs hands in the replay. They made the call via the replay. So I'm assuming technically, technically that was the correct call.
0: Yeah, technically, but of course they can There's a bunch of stuff they can't do in replay, which is go back and give uh, give back the yardage to the Packers and all the pass interference tellings yeah, that well, went those? against them. Uh, but uh, one thing that I what people that neither one of us brought up is wasn't it kind of funny that both referees? Yeah. Raise their hands. One does a touchback, and the other does a touchdown, a single yep. for a touchdown, and neither one looked like they wanted to make any comment whatsoever. They both really slowly put their arms up, and you could tell they were looking at each other like, oh, yep. no, oh, no. Hey, you, know, just... you know, one of the, one of the uh, veteran referees that they had up in the booth had, had indicated something. When you look at each other like that, you don't make a call right away. You call the white cap over, you guys discuss it, and they, if you look at it, did look at each other, and yeah, sudden, they did it, yeah, you're exactly right. And all of a sudden, one guy's signaling interception, touchback; the other guy's signaling touchdown. You know,
1: <laughs> I. that But big John, that that could happen with regular refs in that situation too. I've seen that happen.
0: Well, it's a tough I, call. I that it was a very tough guys, call. You know that type of stuff. That type of call, right there. It's difficult, just like you said, even for the regular officials. Yep. But I, I think, coach, it's the fact that these guys weren't prepared from the first game of the preseason, and and it seems like every game they they are we're reminded that they they messed up something in the rule book. And you can say whatever you want. Oh, those stickle to the rules. There's a reason why there's rules in football, and it's to protect all these guys and to keep a game organized and flowing. Okay, and they they needed to be trained for months before this. Like, literally, like, they, this might sound crazy, but they needed to go to, like, NFL practices every single day throughout the during July and August when these guys were practicing. To get and, by to the way, the replay issue when you guys talked about that, you know, somebody upstairs made the call and took it out of the replacement's hands, I think a lot of that has to do they were in Seattle if they were in Green Bay, Green Bay wins that game, and that mm-hmm. call is made accordingly. Yeah. This is the thing because <laughs> that same play happens in Green Bay. You're right, the official comes out and they reverse the call. I could yeah. not agree with you more. Could I'm, not agree more. That's exactly what would have happened.
1: I don't. I don't know if I agree with that. Maybe, maybe, but I still think it comes down to this, guys. And you know, the inter- interference, we're going to disagree on. Big Dog, I want to hear some of the talk from other people and see if I'm completely off the ledge as you think. My guess is. There'll be a little bit more mixed response on if that pass interference should be called. But that here's what it comes down to: is he did have his hands on the ball, Big Dog? Is it if a, if a defensive player comes down wrapping the football with clear possession, but the offensive player also hits the ground with his hands on the ball, and those hands then, as it was on the ground, started to sneak in more. That right there is is that Packer ball. Is that a interception, or does the hands on the ball, the contact on the ball, count as a completion? It comes down to that, and I'm not sure of the answer. My guess is the simple hands on the ball qualifies as simultaneous, but I'm not sure.
0: And, and, and all I'm going to say to you, coaches, and that is, that's a very tough question. I need the exact 100% explanation from yeah. an official. Okay, that, that's, that's and, what it and, comes. And the other thing is this, just throwing it out there is just because Jenkins had his his more of his body around it, to me, does not make it uh, a Packer interception just from the simple fact is, uh when I teach my uh, nephew how to catch a football, I never say, hey, let it hit your chest. I make sure you catch everything with your hands out with your hands. And to me, that's a catch. So mm-hmm. that's why – and I understand you can say, well, Jenkins had his arms around it. Like he is all of his arms around it. Tate only had his hands. Well – for the next 100 years, people are going to be taught to catch footballs with their hands and not with their bodies. So, Guys, I just <laughs> got a <laughs> notice on my phone from the NFL headquarters, and they are addressing this issue of the Hail Mary today in the media. There it is. Oh, well, yeah, that, that, that isn't going to help them at all. It's just going to be another black eye, another evidence that they messed up. And, Big John, take us take us how you will. Uh, hopefully you don't get your feelings hurt too bad. I'm going to tell you this straight up. The Packers got job last night. The officials definitely took it to them. Forget about whether or not Golden State had the ball. They shouldn't have been in that position. But they also shouldn't have been in that position because they couldn't protect their quarterback. And the officials didn't cost them that game as much as their offensive line did. You know, I agree with you, Big Dog, um, on that, and you're not offending me at all. I, the, the Packers played poor football in that first half. I thought the offense came came back in the second half and did the job that they needed to do and scrapped, tried to scrap out a win out of a poorly played game that they had. The offensive line didn't play well last night. Uh, Mike McCarthy acknowledged that in his press conference. Um, I think any true Packer fan would say that as well, that the offensive line didn't do their job last night. Um, Given that, I thought the defense was extraordinary last night. I thought they did a terrific job holding the Seattle Seahawks. It could have been a lot worse than it was. I think they did a terrific job doing what they had to do to keep them at that seven points until the end of the game. Yeah, Big John, i got to be honest with you. The Packers did not look like a last-place defense last night, and, and that's what they are, on right now is last place.
1: I was I was watching Castle, a phenomenal opening premiere show of the new season at Castle.
0: Yeah, yeah, that that sounds like fun. Anybody who watches any, anything else besides human beings run into each other at full speed when it's on <laughs> television has serious emotional issues. Okay. Well,
1: actually, in Castle, there were human beings running into each other at full speed, actually. But... uh both clothed and unclothed, by the way, Big Doug. You might want to catch, you might want to catch the replay. It was a scintillating opening. All right. Hey, uh, Big, one other question for you now. Yes. The Packers, from what I heard, no terrible dramatics on the field. Maybe an Aaron Rodgers push of the cameraman, but apparently on the plane ride back, the tweeting from four, five, six, seven, eight players got quite profane and quite graphic. How do you think the NFL handles the frustrated, profane tweets of the Green Bay
0: Packer. I think those guys are going to lose some money. Um, I don't think there there will be any suspensions. I think they're going to get heftedly fined. I thought McCarthy in his press conference handled himself really well uh, regarding the poor officiating in the game. He just said, I want to let's talk football. Let's talk about what we could have done better. Let's talk about what we did do good. Mm-hmm. Um, the players, obviously, very frustrated. And you're going to see some fines. I think the NFL's uh, Goodell uh, has already indicated there's three or four coaches that's going to be heavily fined for what they, their yeah. participation this past weekend, including uh, New England Patriots head coach uh, actually taking and uh, physically yep. grabbing a referee as the referee was running into the tunnel. Um, I think the NFL is going to make a statement to, to these guys, listen, we're going to address this, But you guys cannot do what you're doing either. You guys need to be professional about that. Big Doug,
1: one of the the Packer players said this. I think you'll appreciate it. He goes, go ahead and find me and use that money to pay the regular refs. (laughs) (laughs) I think a lot of the players might feel the same way.
0: Oh, my goodness. Yeah, Yeah. uh, Yeah, that's too bad. I wonder how many of these replacement officials are doing a good job. Do you know what I mean? We're just automatically assumed that all these replacement officials are horrible. I wonder how many are doing an adequate job, mm-hmm. and maybe it's only like one or two per crew that are doing horribly, and because of that, one bad official out of six, and you have a bad officiating crew. You know what I'm talking about, Coach?
1: Yeah, it's absolutely. It's just
0: a blanket that all these guys yep. are, oh, the, the, the speed of the game is too fast for them. How do you know? How do they know? Maybe it's only one or two guys per mm-hmm. crew, but all I know is this, whoever the side judge, and the field judge was yesterday, and that crew is horrible. Oh my! Goodness. I want the Bears to play uh, that, that team next week and just let we'll receive, let Brandon Marshall know that he can do whatever he wants when he goes out on a, on a route, because they'll never call anything on the offense. with them. And to be honest with you, the way they called the game to only have like 20 points scored, I was shocked, Coach, to have 26 points scored in that game, because the defense couldn't do anything. It was like one of those things where a strike zone was tiny for a pitcher mm-hmm. yet he pitches a shutout. I mean that's kind of like how it looked yesterday. Mm-hmm.
1: I did see the replay, Big John of the play you were talking about 6 or 7 plays before. And you're absolutely right. That was that was a brutal call. There, I'll agree with you on that. Uh right, we yep. feel your we feel your pain Wisconsin John. 1 and 2. You got 13 games to work your way out of it. Not no reason to panic.
0: Yeah, we're looking forward to the uh, you know upcoming weeks and uh looks like we have the Saints next on our on our agenda and hopefully we can pull out a win out
1: of that one. I'm looking forward to bye week. When is bye week, Joel?
0: I don't know what it is for the Packers this year, Coach, but they, were, uh, they made the playoffs last year, so it's normally a little bit later than teams that didn't make the playoffs. Mm-hmm.
1: All right. Beautiful. Big John, we appreciate the passion, and uh, please check back with us in uh, six or seven months.
0: You got it, my friend. <laughs> Great show and a uh, long-time caller. <laughs>
1: All right. John from Wisconsin checking in. You can too. Phone lines are open, folks. You want to call in 888 463 6748. We got right into the controversy. I forgot to even ask how you're doing, Big Dog. How did the.
0: Uh, uh, I'm doing fine. I got the got to work yesterday and then watch football at the end of the day. That's, that's, about not as bad. Much, that, that's that pretty much ideal for me. Yeah. And a so,
1: picture perfect day to be out on the river yesterday, huh?
0: Well, it was extremely windy. That's what people oh. don't realize is when. When we cancel stuff and we start getting uh, the f bomb from people, and, and then we're like, "Hey, it's 30 mile an hour wind, but it's perfectly sunny." Okay, yeah, but it doesn't matter if it's perfectly sunny if the wind flips your kayak. So, mm.
1: interesting, interesting. Today you'll be uh, out on the river?
0: Absolutely, be out there again tonight at at 5:30. Just a workout though, so it's all good.
1: Beautiful. Uh, Waterriders the place to get your. Uh... Kayak rides courtesy of the Big Dog Architectural Historical Tour Guide Supreme, uh, 888-463-6748. Big Dog, we do got to catch up on some college football, the Packers-Seattle controversial ending uh, coming at us a little bit unplanned. But uh, we got to take the sports news as it hits. It's Residue Tuesday. We can pick up any of the news from uh, over the weekend, too, some of the NFL football games, including the Bears, that we did not get into. Uh, Did you you have any 48-hour residue thoughts on your beloved Bear?
0: And I think I pretty much hit on everything. That was about as basic of a game as, as you can have. It's one of those games where you, you win as a team, you're happy you got out with a W, and then you realize that it, if you really want to reach the goals as a team, they're going to have to play a lot better than that on offense in order to advance. But then again, you really don't know how much better they had to play because the defense was so in control. And maybe there are games when you just have mm-hmm. your offense and you tell them don't don't do anything that'll lose the game for us today. So,
1: have the uh, kayak tours been canceled yet for next Monday? Uh,
0: not yet, but I, I guarantee you one thing: uh, it's uh, I get off the river at like seven thirty-five on oh, yeah. those days, That's and funny. it's going to be seven twenty-five. <laughs> Yeah, you'll be and, f- and, and like legitimately anybody that comes out for the Monday kayak tour next week, I'm just going to assume is un-American. Okay, so <laughs> that's all.
1: Uh, I'm sure they'll be thrilled about it. You'll still take tips at the end of the tour, though. No question.
0: Uh I don't get as many tips during the workout tour because I don't have to speak as much. As a matter of fact, yesterday I didn't get any. I was pretty disappointed. Uh, and yesterday I had some woman start, like, throwing the F-bomb at me, so I started <laughs> yelling back at her. Oh, my goodness. It was the first time I got actually in an argument with one of our, 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 our patrons. I'm almost and afraid to ask. her. she started, ask, but what... like, swearing at me. I was, like, I was like, are you swearing at me? And she did it again. So I was like, you're freaking classless. So I started going off on this woman. <laughs> and then she stopped real quick. She didn't realize that if he started throwing f bombs at me that I would start coming back, and uh, <laughs> she was very uncomfortable. Is the best way I can tell you.
1: How, how old so, was this young lady, and what were the, she was the what was the complaint? Like
0: twenty-five years old, like twenty-five years old, and and uh, she started f bombing me. What
1: was because, the complaint?
0: Because because somebody asked her to carry help carry a kayak back up, and she's like, "This is effing ridiculous! I shouldn't." I was like, "This is a workout. That's what you signed up for." And she's like, "I don't effing care." And then I just like, well, you know what? You're classless. And I time from it, I just started making fun of her as we went back yeah. in. I was like, I don't know, I don't appreciate people dropping f bombs on me.
1: <laughs> Did she so, give you a tip at the end?
0: No, 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 no. I was like, who the hell are you to start f bombing me? Like really? I was like, I, I can't explain, uh, Coach. I take so much grief from people all year long. I'm like, yes, 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 yes. I know, I'm sorry. And I go, and then once not you swear at me? I'm like, oh, oh, it's over. Okay, it's freaking over. Do not talk to me that way. So, uh, that's right. it. Yeah. So. So let's
1: let's get back to football. All right, well, we'll revisit Packer and Seattle game. I'll come back to that a little bit. But we did not touch on college football at all from the weekend that was. College football fans, you want to check in here, your favorite team, uh, some of the rankings, the polls, some of the games from the weekend, love to hear from you. College football, always one of our favorite topics here. 888-463-6748. Dog, early this morning I was doing a radio interview on another show, believe it or not, they asked me what I thought of Alabama. And I said, I think they're about the fifth best team right now uh, behind the Arizona Cardinals, the Atlanta Falcons, maybe the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't think there's any question in college football right now, the Alabama Crimson Time head, if not shoulders above the rest.
0: Uh, there is no question so far that they are the best team in the country through uh, September 25th. Mm-hmm.
1: Now, what about uh, Oregon? I didn't uh, see no. the score until Monday. Because my Sunday morning paper didn't have, but Oregon forty nine, Arizona zero.
0: Yeah, that was that was your your pickem of the week was Arizona, wasn't
1: it? Well, I didn't beat the Smoes, but I did. Uh,
0: no, I didn't
1: pick Arizona.
0: Yeah, you. I don't even pick him and beat the Smoes, but you were like, "Watch out for Rich Rod."
1: Yeah, I was I,
0: down there in Arizona. I was, was I
1: was commending Arizona and Rich Rod for turning the program around. Well, they took a immediate right turn after that.
0: Yeah, going up to Ottoman Stadium and beating the Ducks is a little bit different, though, than uh, like playing Northern Arizona, Coach. Mm-hmm. A little bit different. All right, Alabama—it's
1: obviously way, way, way early, but Alabama, Oregon, national championship—that'd be a pretty watchable game, wouldn't
0: it? Yeah, as long as Oregon—you know—Oregon can still stumble against Stanford, against USC. There's definitely some trap hole games in there, and, and Alabama. Uh, they have a tougher schedule again. I somehow I, don't, I see them just figuring out a, a way to get a win. Don't forget they still have to play Tennessee, LSU, oh, yeah. Auburn, and yeah. then they're going to have to beat most likely Georgia or South Carolina in the SEC title game. Yeah. That's going to be wow. Yeah, they could wow, they could still be
1: still be a great great team and lose a game, maybe even two.
0: Like, I, if they if they lose two, I, I doubt they're going to get the O seven. LSU treatment and actually get to the, get to the ship, as those guys called it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, coach, Alabama is the best team in the country right now. And it's, oh man, they look at they <laughs> Every week they prove it.
1: Team, you told us about pulls off, uh, I don't know if it uh, a huge upset, but definitely an upset. Kansas State, the kids out of the, uh, downtrodden community of Manhattan, Kansas, the wildcat knockoff, Oklahoma, big win, big dog. You've been on the K-State and their quarterbacks bandwagon for a little bit.
0: Yeah, uh, Colin Klein is just, uh, he's the right-handed version of, of Tim Tebow. And I know people are like, oh, Tim Tim Tebow is horrible. But, uh, you know, Tim Tebow in college was awfully good, and that's what Colin Klein is. And, and Kansas State's going to beat a lot of teams this year. And obviously they got the inside track to win the Big 12 because they just beat a team everybody thought was going to win Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Who's
1: coaching K-State now?
0: Uh, remember when K-State used to have all the criminals on them? And- yeah. That's when, uh, when Bill, uh, was that the Bill Snyder regime? The Bill Snyder regime. And then he left and they started losing again. They brought so back Snyder. Bill... Like the, criminal, the criminals are back.
1: Bill, Bill Snyder's
0: <laughs> coaching he's coaching
1: <laughs> K State again. Is that what the T shirts say? The criminals are back?
0: Yeah, might as well hey, you know you know, you gotta you gotta pay kids and you gotta have kids with bad attitudes come to Manhattan because it's Manhattan, Kansas. There's That's nothing true. to do.
1: That's true. You might as well put bars up around that place. but the campus campus itself is great. Uh by the way, I'm coming up with a T-shirt for Northwestern. If you want to buy it, uh, $15 a shirt, I'll give you two for the price of 25 It's going to say Northwestern football, and in quotes, underneath it, others receiving votes. Because that's where they're listed right now.
0: They or, still can't crack the top 25? Not yet. And even they're as a undefeated Northwestern? team, team an undefeated team, and if you look at their schedule, eh. it's probably tougher than... 20 of the 25 teams that are in the top 25. You know
1: what? I'm a huge Northwestern fan. I got no problem with with them being. We're on top, by the way, David Olson. We lead the others receiving votes poll right now. Number one ranked in others receiving votes. But dog, if you look, you're right. They played three BCS schools. So, but those three BCS teams are 0 and 8 against other, not BCS. That's the wrong terminology. What am I looking for? FCS? FBS. Yeah. Uh, they're 0-8 against other FCS teams, and most of the games were close, and I hate to say it, but if you go back to the first game against Boston College, the referee's call allowed us to win the game. So, you know what, Northwestern being just outside the top 25 right now?
0: You mean the, you mean the Syracuse game? Yeah, the Syracuse With game. The horrible, I'm the horrible, uh, yes. uh, uh, late hit on yep. the quarterback.
1: Yep. So, put all that into it. You know, I don't mind leading the nation and others receiving votes.
0: Well, I, all that really matters is where you end up, but it just it just seems like Northwestern can never get any respect. You yep. should basically look at a team and what they've done, and I don't know, like you know, beating Bowling Green fifty six to ten isn't as impressive as beating Boston College mm-hmm. twenty one to eighteen. Mm-hmm.
1: How about uh, your Illinois Fighting Illini? Their T shirt right now would be uh, quoted not receiving votes. The Illinois Fighting Illini crushed two weeks ago by Arizona State. And Remember, Big Dog, new coach. But these are still elite players that have been recruited to Illinois year after year after year. Ron Zook, one of the great recruiters. Every year you read, you know, top Illinois players headed down to Champaign. There's talent there. They get crushed by Arizona State. They return home and in front of the Orange faithful get beaten 56-24 to by Louisiana Tech. Explain it, por favor.
0: Well, it was 52-24. Don't forget there was a win over... Uh... A directional school from Kentucky, and they're forty-four to nothing. Okay, <laughs> yeah,
1: not uh, between. <laughs> but, well, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. But how? I don't. I don't understand how Illinois can be that bad with all the talent they've got there.
0: Uh, first of all, I want to let everybody know that Louisiana Tech is the best. One of the best SC schools in the country.
1: I don't even mind and, losing. I don't mind losing. I could have handled that if it was a good game. We lost right down the stretch, but fifty-two twenty-four.
0: I like. I want to remind you, Coach. They have one of the. I'm not kidding you. Louisiana Tech is the number one offense in the country coming into the mm-hmm. coming into this game, uh, just behind Oregon, actually. So number two, they're going to beat a lot of teams this year. It, Illinois isn't good. I knew they were not good. I, this is not a. Uh, I am not even shocked by it. I did not tout Illinois football at all this year, Coach. It's a bad year. Hmm. All right.
1: So that's it we got to live with that for this year huh and last year
0: and 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 Tim Beckham is our coach good luck with that
1: <laughs> well remember only, we, we made the comment the that could be it could be
0: rich, of- rod, Michigan's rich rod
1: Michigan's richrod situation all over I hope not but it could be that same type of situation all over again
0: that's exactly what we're dealing with right now I have no idea why they picked that guy to be the coach and I've watched as much Illinois football as I possibly could this year they are overmatched Schematically, they have no idea what they're doing on on offense. The Arizona State game was just, it was so bad. The play calling was just atrocious. And once again, Louisiana Tech's going to score a lot of points on everybody. Okay. But if their defensive line can't get it done against Louisiana Tech's offensive Mm -hmm. line, come on. that's—I Illinois is one of the top defensive lines in the country. They were the second-ranked defense in the country last year with almost everybody back. And you're gonna give up fifty two points to the Louisiana Tech. It's a it's a very difficult time as an Illinois fan, is all I can say. And uh, by the way, John Gross is our college basketball coach also.
1: Yeah, that well, that's arrow pointing up, by the way. That's gonna be a that, right. that will turn out to be a good selection, I predict. The Tim Beckman uh, arrow, not exactly pointed up, I think it's heading a little uh, more southward. A line I Isaac wants to know, uh, as a by the way, ask Big Dog, and I don't know the answer to this. How is Whitney Mercilius? Merciless, With doing the merc- in the NFL.
0: He's not playing. Like I said, he was drafted way too high. I forgot who took him. So. I, I really forgot who took him, but that was he was the most overrated Illinois player. That guy could not defend the run. All he could do is rush the quarterback. But I guess mm-hmm. in the NFL, they, they like that. Mm-hmm. They like that a lot.
1: So. All right. So, so right now, not playing that much as far as you know?
0: No, not at all. Okay. okay.
1: So, by the way, speaking of that, I do have to throw this in as a sidelight. Uh, Shea McClellan? The bear defensive lineman. I'm watching him on the field, sidelines, on the bench. you know, I'm liking everything I see about this kid. There is a you kind of expect to see a little bit nervous, you know, kind of a rookie waiting in the wing. He is fit in with that group. He carries himself with confidence. And when he gets on the field, big dog, he gets after it. I like this kid, surprisingly.
0: Yeah, he uh we were all worried when he was picked. Like uh, is this guy going to be good enough? Blah blah blah. Yeah, he's been good enough so far, uh, and uh, that ends up. He looks like he's going to be a really solid first round pick for the mm-hmm. Chicago Bears. I like him so far. Yeah,
1: not even sure what position he's going to end up playing, but uh, but he does look like a player. Just as a side note, as we talk some college football here. Hey, yeah, uh, Notre Dame. A lot of Notre Dame fans out there. They've taken a beating, taken a pasting in recent years. Big dog. It appears at least in the temporary. That they are back on top. Couple of big wins, one over Michigan State, and this past weekend they knock off Michigan. The defense leading the way. I don't know how much Irish football you've seen, but four and zero are they for real?
0: They're definitely for real. The Michigan State's a, a very, very good football team. I know the Big Ten is down, but they're a very good team, and they handled them. And then to, to go into Michigan and, and play—you know—excuse me, take on Michigan at home and and play. Uh, Pretty much perfect football on, on offense in terms of taking care of the ball and, and not committing penalties. And then their defense, my goodness, basically just thoroughly shut down Michigan. You have a really good uh, defense in order to do that. So they have uh, Everybody has- knows
1: about uh, um, Monte Teo, phenomenal linebacker, great kid, tremendous advertisement for college sport. They've got a sophomore linebacker with the Hollywood name. I believe his name is Prince? Shembo. Yeah. That, that dude can play Big Doug. Number 55, the outside linebacker.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good name. Whenever you're, and if you're named Prince, you better step up and play. He, he, he is.
1: He is. Notre Dame defense. On the other hand, on the other hand, David Olsen, you've seen Brian Kelly coach and mess up a lot of quarterbacks, right? It's, it's really interesting. Everett Golston won the starting job and I've, I've watched every Notre Dame game this year. I am. 25% 25% proud, just like the Seattle Green Bay catch. I'm 25% proud, 75% ashamed of that fact. But I've watched every game, dog. Everett Golson, opening game, smile on his face, good composure, good body language, smiling on the sidelines, high five in the teammates. Game two, a little bit less. Game four against Michigan, I don't know how much you watch. He completely discombobulated. He yank him out of the game. No smile, shoulder slumping. Not talking to teammates, it's amazing how the pressure, or at least partly the pressure of having Brian Kelly coaching you, can just suck the energy and the enjoyment out of all your quarterback play.
0: I guess that, that'll that that'll pretty much put it. I think Brian Kelly listened to us because Golston made a mistake in the fourth quarter, and, and when he came off the field, Kelly didn't scream at him. He put his hands on his shoulder pads and was like, and just talked to the kid. Yep. Maybe even Brian Kelly realized that, you know, I'm a freak with these
1: kids. Yeah, he's trying.
0: You know, there's there's one thing. Like I said, tough love. you got there's nothing wrong with it, but don't embarrass your quarterback every time he time he comes off the field. That does not help your team at all. Right
1: now, Tommy Reese, Tommy Reese, unlike all the other ND quarterbacks, you know, and he looks like the shy, nice guy who would get intimidated. You know what? Beyond the pretty boy face and the Lake Forest uh, growing up and his dad being a football guy, he's pretty tough, and I don't think he uh, takes the you know what from brian kelly i like the cut of the jib of one tommy reese yeah, he
0: doesn't he doesn't get to play too much he did get to play a little bit on uh on saturday night though
1: uh, more than a little bit he actually played they yanked golston after the first quarter i mean he was horrible big, big dog threw a couple of brutal interceptions i mean the quarterback everett Golston. i'm talking about that we saw in game one who i thought hey this kid's got potential Was a little raw But he can throw it, got great composure, good charisma, athletic. He can run the football by game four. And, again, they said he's going to start next week. But, I mean, against Michigan, he laid a complete egg. He was brutal. Tommy Reese played most of the game.
0: Who they got next week?
1: Uh, Bye, and then they got Miami at Soldier Field.
0: Oh, heck yeah. Heck yeah. How good is Miami this year? Uh, Miami is bad. They're a typical ACC team. They, okay. Notre Dame should be a 10-point favorite in that game. Okay. At least a 10-point favorite. Right.
1: Your thoughts about the Big Ten being down? I'm kind of torn. I think people are over-exaggerating a little bit. Clearly, there's no elite team, but uh, Iowa loses to Central Michigan. Uh, you know, Michigan gets pasted again, the Big Ten being down. How, how much are you buying into that hype this year?
0: They're definitely down this year, Coach, And and let's – I'm a diehard Big Ten fan, and I think what it was was people really expected Michigan State and Nebraska to be top ten teams and maybe, who knows, get into the national title picture. Well, Nebraska hasn't beaten anybody. When they played someone, they lost, and Michigan State looked horrible against Notre Dame. And and then all the losses of, of like, uh, all the teams that, like, Illinois and Indiana – and Purdue that have lost to teams that they shouldn't have lost to. And Iowa, like barely beating Northern Iowa and then losing to Iowa State. Uh, Wisconsin losing to Oregon State. Are you freaking kidding me? They lost to Oregon State. <laughs> you know, Penn State, just their program is in complete disarray at, at this moment. Michigan getting absolutely pants in the national uh, uh, showcase game to start the season <laughs> off against Alabama. Yep. Coach, if, if we're trying to say that the Big Ten isn't down, then we're trying to say this is a typical yeah. year for the Big Ten. So please, no. Let everybody in Big Ten country admit: yes, the Big Ten is down yeah. this year. Yeah,
1: no, yeah, you're right. And when I said I was torn, you're absolutely correct. It is down, but the part I'm torn with is is I think it's still going to be a heck of a conference to watch because there's no top 15, top 20 team. Maybe Ohio State, but they're suspended. But the competitive level, big Doug. I think from top to bottom, it's going to be the the battle each each week in the battle for division championship. I'm I think going to be very very exciting. That's the part I kind of everybody you know down on the Big Ten. I'm down too, but I'm also excited about Big Ten play. I think it's going to be very competitive.
0: I'm okay, uh, Illinois sneaks into the into the uh, Big Ten title game. Rose Bowl. Yeah, they, uh, yeah, they, that's what's going to happen. They're going to Rose be three Bowl. and five. Sneak into the Big Ten title <laughs> game because Penn State <laughs> and Ohio State cannot go because they're suspended. Yep. Illinois beats Nebraska <laughs> and they end up in the Rose Bowl and uh, <laughs> they take on Oregon and they beat Oregon. Oh,
1: I don't know about that. The four and five fighting a line and heading out to the Rose Bowl. Sure, they'd be thrilled with that.
0: Well, they'd be, they'd be three and five in conference play. Right. But they would be four and eight overall.
1: Oh, boy. Oh, boy.
0: That so way, they well, would be they would yeah they would technically they would have to be if, 5 if, and 8 overall cuz they would have to win the Big 10 championship right, if, game in order to If get they're
1: 5 there. and 8 and they beat Oregon then you know the Big 10 comes out okay. If they're 5 and 8 and they get there and then get hammered by Oregon then it will go down as a brutal season for the Big 10. Yeah. Be- based on previous Illinois teams playing in bowl games that more likely is going to happen. Hey, we got to talk baseball real quick. We got a pennant race unfolding here in the city of Chicago. Big dog, a thriller last night. Well, you were yelling at the replacement referees on the other channel. I believe Comcast Sports channel 37. The Chicago White Sox winning a thriller five to four. Adam Dunn, three run homer, two outs, couple of strikes, bottom of the eighth. Sox win. Tigers win two. Sox keep the one game late.
0: Uh, yeah, there's a there's a pennant race going on and nobody noticed it. And uh, are the are the White Sox at home on Wednesday night, Coach?
1: They are, and I think I'm going to Thursday night's game. But they are home Wednesday.
0: I'm going to go on Wednesday night to the game.
1: So. I'll be there Thursday if you want to come. I actually got an extra ticket.
0: I, I have I have a tour, so I, I can't go. Come on. And I wouldn't mind going. I love walking to baseball games. It's the best thing. I, I live in the I live in the best freaking neighborhood in, in America right now in uh, Chinatown, Slash Bridgeport. And I would love to walk to a White Sox game uh, to end the season up.
1: You've never met Mrs. Coach. This would be your opportunity.
0: Uh yes I have met Mrs. Coach. You had? At my wedding. Ah. At my wedding how could I she, forget? And she basically said, Wow, Big Dog, you're you're a lot better looking in, in, in real life. And I was like <laughs> too bad we're both hitched. You know, we just shrugged our shoulder and, and went our different way.
1: <laughs>
0: you outkicked your coverage, quite honestly, Coach. Oh,
1: there's no question. No question There's,
0: about it. You definitely best. she's definitely the better half. And I'm not normally you just say that to say it. i I, I truly mean it. Right, thank I you. truly mean it. I don't know what she's doing with you.
1: Yeah. Thank you very much, my friend. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll be at the White Sox game Thursday. You'll be there Wednesday, so I, I have to admit, we we have not given baseball and the White Sox their just due, Big Dog. I feel kind of bad about it on the show, but at least we'll be uh we'll be cheering the, the troops on uh, the middle of the week.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go to the whatever the cheapest uh, whatever the cheapest ticket is for the White Sox game on Wednesday. I'm going to, I'm going to bring a bottle of Jack Daniels in there. It's going right. to be fun.
1: Then now, if you come with us Thursday, you'll be you'll be hobnobbing with the uh, with the upper crust because I got these tickets from uh, Glenview John. Uh huh. Glenview John, Sox season ticket holder, Northwestern season ticket holder. I, I got a ride from him in his car, one of those fancy sports cars with more little twists and little gadgets inside that I knew what to do with. So I think the seats are, uh, you know, we're in that press box area. You, you come with us, you'll be wind and dined a little bit, Big Oh,
0: uh, I mean, what is it? Uh, is, is it free beer?
1: Not sure about that. I don't think so, actually.
0: Well, I, I have I have a, a kayak tour, and I, and I know I told you what I make, and you were like, oh, you don't make that much. Well, I, did, I didn't make that much last weekend. I I, can't, I need every tour I can get. Gotcha. So I will be working on Thursday. I will not be going to any Chicago White Sox game.
1: Gotcha. Detroit Tigers also won, uh, and the wild car race is very interesting. By the way, we talked about Milwaukee making a great comeback. We have not brought up a team. This is really depressing. The Pittsburgh Pirates. For how many years has it been they finished under 500? The,
0: the last time they were above 500 was 1992.
1: Wow. Let, let that sit in with the fans a second. 1992. Not Pennant winning. The proud franchise of the Pittsburgh Pirate, proud at least for my generation, haven't finished over 500 since 92. Big Dog halfway through the season, two thirds of the way through. The Pirates weren't even thinking about 500. They were thinking about Pennant, uh, or division championship and yeah, they moving were, on.
0: They were still battling the Reds for the Central Division lead. They were by far in first place for the wild card in case they didn't beat the Reds for the National League Central Division championship. Ladies it's and no gentlemen, it's no longer like that, Coach.
1: Five and seventeen in the month of September, Big Dog. I can't believe it. They're a game or two under 500 again.
0: Yeah, and now we're just wondering if they can win 82 wins. Wow. And I'm hoping they do just so they get off of it. I don't think they are. You know, I, I remember when the, the Mariners, like, uh, they, didn't, they didn't finish above five. They, they started in 1977, and they didn't finish above 500 until, like, uh, like 1993 or 94. And it was like, people were like, how could a team be that bad for so long? The, the Pirates used to win World Series titles, Coach. Yep. They, were, they had a winning team every single year. And all of a sudden they go 20 seasons without a winning record. That's, it's amazing, coach. That's it's really amazing.
1: It, you know, and obviously some of it is because they've had to sell off their players and the whole financial thing, but still 20 years, not even finishing over 500. That's, and, and you thought for sure, big dog, this year was going to be the year, but sure enough, a September collapse, they could still do it, but they ain't going to win any pennant this year. They're just about mathematically out
0: of it. Yeah, in order for them, yeah, they got to pass like five or six teams in yeah. order to get into the – they're behind the Phillies at this point, yeah. I think. So, yeah. Yeah, right they, now,
1: the, yeah, the National League, you got the Cardinals and the Braves hanging on the wild card. The Dodgers, three games back. I think the Brewers lost yesterday. Yes, and they did. Right now, the margin for error is not great, but Milwaukee, with a great September, is back in the race. I think they're two and a half back, something like that. So L.A. and Milwaukee still have a chance, but like I said, the margin for error at this point, Doug – not too much. We're getting down to the nitty-gritty. Yeah,
0: definitely down to the nitty-gritty, my friend.
1: And in the American League now, and this this makes the, the White Sox-Detroit race even more because both teams have slumped of late, so the wild card is almost wrapped up. It's going to be Oakland and the Baltimore Yankee loser. Uh The Angels still have a slight chance, but bottom line is, dog, the Detroit Tiger-White Sox loser is not, not going to make the wild card, so that puts even more pressure on winning the division.
0: Yeah, there's like a like a one percent chance of that loser getting in as a wild card. So that they, they better not rely on that. They better rely yeah. on getting in. There's yeah. a couple good series going around. Oakland and uh, Anaheim are playing uh, a three game set this weekend, so that's pretty cool. Uh, and the the no excuse me the Rangers and and the A's are playing, mm-hmm. which is a huge game because the A's still have a chance to pass the Rangers, mm-hmm. just a just a slight chance. But if the A's can put themselves in a position to basically clinch a wild card or and or win the West, if they could possibly sweep the Rangers, which would be awfully difficult.
1: Down to the nitty-gritty, ladies and gentlemen. Down to the nitty-gritty. By the way, as a sideline, I wanted to mention there's another strike, although it might have been solved, but there was another strike in the city of Chicago. We had the the teachers, uh, the NFL referees, and the NHL still on strike. Big dog hockey could be pushed back for a long time but uh, were you aware the Chicago Symphony Orchestra that was settled it was settled it was settled big dog were you even aware but the Chicago Symphony Orchestra musicians went on strike
0: yeah i was believe it or not i i did, i did i had no sympathy for the symphony <laughs> i've got
1: no sympathy david was there a ugly protest downtown that any trumpeters or uh... it was actually very elegant oh. as you would expect from the symphony in elegant sure. protest i don't even think they hit the picking lines okay. i did, to tell you the truth karen lewis was not representing them. no that would have no. been good that would have been good all right dog we got to wrap it up uh, hopefully i will avoid jury duty again tomorrow i've got a strategy i'm not gonna Release the strategy yet, but it's a day-to-day thing. And we'll be back tomorrow talking about your kayak tour, and hopefully no females dropping the F-bombs on you today.
0: No, no, definitely. We don't need any (laughs) F-bombs dropped.
1: Heck no. Hey, don't forget Ryder Cup this weekend. Riders up!
0: riders up!
1: Any excitement Uh, level on the Ryder Cup?
0: No, I have the only prediction I have is go U.S. At Medina, (laughs) by the way. Heck
1: yeah. Yeah, right here in Chicago. That's why I bring it up. Your team captains... For Europe, Jose Maria Alessable. And for the United States, Davis left the third. Oh, we're in good hands. Yes, we are. All right, dog, behave yourself today. We'll, we'll talk to you tomorrow, okay? Good night, everyone. All right, keep watching the replays of the uh, Packers-Seattle game. All right, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll do it again 10 o'clock tomorrow. David Olson, producer extraordinaire, by the way. David did not chime in today, but he pretty much agrees with everything the big dog said, I think, right? Uh, for the most part, I thought it, I thought it was past interference. So, yeah. All right. Have a great day. Ten o'clock tomorrow. Don't be late.